Hi, everybody. Welcome to Expanding World of Tech. I'm your host, System, and today we've got a shocking episode for you. Well, it's mainly because we're talking about power supplies. But before we dive on in, it's time for the Obscure Tech Question of the Week. This week's Obscure Tech Question of the Week, in what ways does a PSU affect the thermals of a case? Now to begin, we need to go over what does PSU stand for? It stands for a power supply unit, and what is that? It's a computer part that converts from alternating current in your house to direct current for your computer from AC to DC, since computers don't run on AC. Now, what kinds of power supplies are out there? Well, we're going to go over a couple things in today's episode. We're going to go over modularity, we're going to go over a little bit of form factor, and then we're going to go over some efficiency ratings. But we're going to start out with modularity. So the most common and least expensive kind of power supply out there is non-modular. All cables come connected to the PSU, so you don't have to worry about missing a cable. So that's one of the pros. You don't have to worry about connecting the right cables to the right places on the PSU, and all things being equal, like I mentioned, they're the cheapest and the most common. But unfortunately, there are some cons to a non-modular power supply. They're a little bit harder to cable manage, because if you don't need a cable, you can't remove it, and it's a lot more difficult to remove the power supply if necessary, because you have to unplug it from all the different parts of your computer. The next level in modularity is a semi-modular power supply, so only the essential cables come attached. PCI Express for your GPU, the 24-pin ATX for your motherboard, SATA for your drives, maybe Molex if you have some fans, and the 8-pin for your CPU. And there might be more or different cables depending on how old the PSU is. Last but finally not least, we have fully modular. So in a fully modular power supply, no cables come attached to the PSU brick and the users must manually install any necessary cables. So they have to analyze what kind of connectors they need, plug them in the right places, and then they can plug them into their PC parts from there. Or you can plug them into your PC parts first, and then the power supply. It's up to you. Some of the pros of a fully modular power supply is that you're guaranteed not to have any excess cables cluttering up your case or blocking any airflow because you can pick and choose which cables you want in your system. Another benefit is that if you need to remove the power supply, you can just unplug it on the PSU side and remove it. Unlike the non-modular or semi-modular, we have to remove the cables from the computer components and then take it out. However, there are cons to fully modular power supplies. They're the most expensive out of the three, all things being equal, and they're more expensive to find smaller units of. So if you have a small case, you might have to upgrade to a larger one to accommodate a PSU in your price range if the small form factor one is too expensive. So that wraps up modularity. Next thing we're going to talk about form factor. So from small to large, we have LPX or low profile extension, SFX or small form factor extended, and ATX, advanced technology extended. Now ATX we're familiar with from our motherboard episode, but what are these new terms, LPX and SFX? Well, LPX is used for LPX or also some ATX motherboards since the pin layout is similar enough. And SFX power supplies can be used for micro ATX motherboards, whereas ATX can be used for ATX or micro ATX. For all three of them, they're more or less similar when it comes to pin layouts, but the use cases might change for form factor and use cases. And now we come to the big boy, power supply efficiency ratings. If you're going to go looking for an efficiency rating, you better be looking for 80+. 80+, was launched in 2004 to encourage companies to manufacture more efficient power supplies. Now, the name schemes for 80+, are based off the ratings at different percentage loads. So, I'm going to go over specifically for desktop computers. Desktop computers are rated for internal non-redundant power supplies, so there's only one, rated at 115 volts. 
So now we're going to go on a deep dive into the 80 plus ratings, but we're going to start off with an example. Let's just say you have a 250 watt power supply that's 50% efficient at 100% load. So it's 50% efficient when it's supplying 250 watts to the computer components. So it's trying to output all 250 watts to the PC parts. So you divide the wattage by the efficiency to get the total wall pull. So in this case, we divide the 250 by 50%. It equals 500. So it pulls 500 watts from the wall in order to deliver 250 watts to the components. Simple enough. What happens to those other 250 watts? Well, they're usually lost in the conversion from AC to DC, usually as heat. Now, one thing to remember, 80 plus isn't just a name that someone pulled out of their hat. It references that all PSUs with an 80 plus rating are at least 80% efficient at 20, 50, and 100% of their rated loads. So we're going to start with the worst of the 80 plus certifications, just regular 80 plus. At 20% load, it's 80% efficient. At 50% load, it's 80% efficient. And at 100% load, you guessed it, it's 80% efficient. Now for all of these, we're going to be going back to our example of a 250 watt power supply. At 80% efficiency, it would pull about 313 watts from the wall. The next step up is 80 plus bronze. At 20% load, it's 82% efficient. At 50% load, 85% efficient. And 100%, 82% efficient. So as you can see, it gets more efficient as it goes to 50%, but then it drops back down as you go all the way up to 100. That's because power supplies overall are most efficient around 50% load. Now to go back to our example again, a 250 watt power supply that's rated at 80 plus bronze at 20% load would pull about 305 watts and at 50% load would pull about 295 watts. Taking the next step up to 80 plus silver at 20% load, it's 85% efficient, then 88% efficient at 50% load, and then back to 85% efficient at 100% load. So at 20% load, the wall pull would be about 295 watts on a 250 watt power supply. 80 plus gold is next with an 87% efficiency at 20% load, 90% at 50% load, and 87% at a 100% load. So at 50% load for a 250 watt PSU would pull around 278 watts. So we're getting really darn close to that 250 watts that's being delivered to the computer parts and not so much as being lost as heat. Moving on to 80 plus platinum, at 20% load, it's 90% efficient. At 50% load, it's 92% efficient. And at 100% load, it's 98% efficient. And last but not least, the highest rating in 80 plus is titanium. At 20% load, it's 92% efficient. 50% load, it's 94% efficient. And it's 90% efficient at 100% load. So let's say you buy a 250 watt 80 plus titanium PSU and you're running it at 50% load. Well, since that 94% efficiency, it pulls 265 watts from the wall. So only 15 watts, only 15 are lost as heat. This is in stark contrast to a regular 80 plus certification, whereas at 50% load, it's like I said before, 313 watts. That's 63 watts compared to 15 watts. That's the difference between titanium and just regular 80 plus. And now to answer the obscure tech question of the week, all power supplies release heat, which is why they have fans in them, which we mentioned in the last episode. The amount of heat released is based on the efficiency of the power supply, like we just went over, but the cable situation can also affect thermals inside the computer, as a poorly cable-managed non-modular power supply may lead to higher temps, whereas a well-cable-managed fully modular PSU could lead to lower temps, 
especially if there are fewer cables connected in the case in total. Well, that wraps up this episode of Expanding Worlds of Tech. I really appreciate you guys stopping by. Give me a listen if you want to see the other wonderful content that I produce. You can find me on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash system, S-Y-Z-T-E-M. My Discord link is down below so you can join the mainframe. That's my little community. That's what I'm calling it. You can find me on Twitter at a die for a die. Send me some feedback and I'll, uh, I'll get back to you when I can. Thanks again for stopping by and listening, and I will catch you in the next episode.